what you're doing. Remember Jimmy McElwain on the yard used to say, you want to be making moves on the street, have no attachments, allow nothing to be in your life that you cannot walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you spot the heat around the corner. Remember that? Welcome to Cocktails and Scenes. Uh, my name is Will. Today we have a very special episode. Uh, a unique one, one that we haven't done before. We're talking about one individual movie. A movie. Yes, a single movie. A single movie. A One single movie. Classic motion picture, if you haven't seen it, from mm-hmm. 1995, directed by Michael Mann. A movie that's very special to me and to Wayne. And that movie is Heat. And not only is it very special to us, it is very special to a friend of Wayne's who is on guesting with us. Wayne, introduce our guest. Absolutely. So this week we had we couldn't just talk heat, just you and I. We had to bring in someone else to like share this with the big guns. So the big guns, man. So I had to call on my buddy from New Mexico, Sean Murray, who's with us here today. Uh, Sean. It's my like oldest friend, Sean. Introduce yourself. Say a word or two. Hey guys, yeah. So uh, my name is Sean. Known Wayne since about what two thousand eight, nine. Yeah, two thousand seven, dude. Seven, seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask like how you guys became friends. How'd you meet? (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to take? Tell me your story. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, well, I met Wayne. we were both exchanging glasses one day. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, actually, we were working at Hastings. I, I think Wayne yeah. has talked about Hastings on the podcast at one point. Yeah. It's basically a books, music, video store. And uh, Wayne worked in... Did you work in video originally? Yeah, I was all over the place, though. Oh, yeah. I, you like, were kind worked of in video. Yeah, and then worked up front and yeah, everything like that. Yeah, And I was one of the... Uh, Okay, so you were at Tramway and Candelaria, right? That store? Yes. Okay, so I was yep. a music manager, which is like the middle of the store, yep. which is like music, video games, and then all the bullshit they have, like a little chachi. Yeah. And that yeah. was uh, a... T-shirts. Was me. Yeah, T-shirts, yeah. So, yep. uh, yeah, you, just, you told me that you uh, had attended... What music festival was it right outside your old hometown in Tennessee? Bonnaroo. Okay, so you talked Bonnaroo, and then you dropped yep. your Kershaw knife on me. And I was like, okay, we're friends. <laughs> this dude's cool. This guy is <laughs> It's done. <laughs> it's done, dude. As soon as I slipped you that Kershaw, I it's like, over. He has a Kershaw knife, and he's talking about Bonnaroo. This dude is cool. <laughs> yeah. And Sean, you're in New Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a Kershaw. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so excited to have you on. Excited to have a guest. It's our, only our second one. Only our second time having yeah. a, uh, a, a third person on. So welcome, Sean. And Sean, I'm honored. Sean has also been a part of the podcast since day one. Sean does all of our music. Day one. So, Sean, yep. thank you. It's amazing. We love it. And uh, so Sean <laughs> has been a part of Cocktails and Scenes since day one, although we haven't heard his voice yet. But uh, it's great. and We appreciate it, Sean. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. 
So we start off. We're going to do some cocktails. So we're talking about heat. Yep. Sean, your mm-hmm. cocktail, what do you got? Okay, so I was really thinking like on the nose, like cocktails with the word heat in it. Yep. And then right. I was like, don't overthink it. Al Pacino comes home like about halfway through the movie, you know, Lieutenant Hammond. And he comes home to his ex-wife postmodernistic dead tech bullshit house. And he drinks <laughs> Jack. Sure does. Yes. Sure does. So I'm just keeping it super simple. Super just simple. Jack. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. Keep it simple. I was looking out for like alcohol the entire movie because I couldn't think of a cocktail mm-hmm. either. And I saw the Jack Daniels too. Same, dude. Same. And uh <laughs> Did we are we on yeah. Jack? Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, Wayne, what about you? What are you drinking? <laughs> so I scoured the internet <laughs> myself looking for like uh, anything with heat in it. And, you know, I was like, I don't fucking, I don't know. But same with Sean. I was like, you know what? <laughs> what is the probably the one drink that these guys probably would drink? Cause they're all badasses, you know? They're not going to be drinking no fucking like, you know, hard seltzer. Nothing with an umbrella they, in it for these guys. Nothing the, with an umbrella. The, yeah. the straight. So I decided to go with something that probably does. Uh, relate a little bit to the movie. I chose uh, Bullet Bourbon. Oh, I get it. Whiskey. Bullet. Yeah. Bullet. Do you? There's a lot yeah. of shit yeah. out. It's very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Bullet in the movie. Maybe yeah. two. There's, there's one or two bullets possibly <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Don't want to give away anything, but I just, I brought the bottle. So fucking. <laughs> there you go. Shit. There you go. Well, for my drink, I said, my favorite scene in the movie, the most iconic scene. What do you say? I buy you a cup of coffee. So right. I got some coffee and then I added some Jack Daniels into it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we are all just drinking straight, just whiskey. That's it. I love it. Yeah. We get a little boost with this coffee, but yeah, it's pretty much just Jack Daniels with a splash of coffee. <laughs> All right. So um, before we get into it, um, follow us on social media, Cocktails and Scenes, Instagram. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Helps a lot. We've talked about this. The algorithm. We can show up more. Uh, interact with us. Twitter. The algorithm. The algorithm. The algorithm. The algorithm. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it, it's great to interact with people, too, like people commenting on stuff and sending messages. And I know Sean and I have had some heated debates on uh, some DMs. On <laughs> Keep that going, some, guys. I love it. Some vehement disagreements between Sean and I. <laughs> it's all out of love. It's all out of love. Uh, so uh, shout us out. Follow us. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. But with that said, let's get into heat. Yeah, Roger Van Zandt. Yeah, who's this? You know what this is. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I sent a guy to deliver the package. He didn't call. Is everything right? Tell you what. Forget the money. What? Forget the money. It's a lot of money. What are you doing? What do you mean, forget the money? 
What am I doing? I'm talking to an empty telephone. I don't understand. Because there was a dead man on the other end of this fucking line. I remember before we even recorded an episode, um, Wayne and I were sitting down and having a beer on a Zoom call. And we we're like, all right, what episodes are we going to do? Uh, and we listed out a bunch of stuff and we have, still have this big, long laundry list. Um, yep. And by the way, send in any recommendations you have. But I remember he said, we were like, oh, what about like an individual movie episode, like going into one? And we both love Heat. And he's like, let's do one on Heat. And then right away, he's like, mm-hmm. I got my friend Sean has to be on it. My friend Sean has yeah, to yeah, be yeah. on the Heat episode. <laughs> I'm claiming I'm Sean, claiming for, that Sean one. Sorry. for the Heat episode. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, obviously, we're not going to this is going to be a love fest for an hour or so. But uh, this movie is obviously very special to all of us. But Sean, wait, we all like this. We movie? All, Spoiler alert. Okay, Spoiler alert. I'm pretty sure we all love it. Wouldn't it be funny if I was just like, I fucking hated this movie the whole time and I was just. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. The one person in the world who doesn't like this movie. Um, But yeah, it's obviously, you know, a a big, a big movie for the three of us. But let's talk about, you know, why we love it, what it means to us when we first saw it, all this. Sean, why don't you kick us off and and talk about your love for it? Yeah, so it's funny that you said that because when Wayne was saying that he was doing a movie podcast, I was like, cool. And then, like, probably literally 15 seconds later, I'm like, when you do heat, because, like, <laughs> it's like you're doing it. It's not like, when you do heat, um, I'm going to be on, okay? And he was just like, okay, we'll see what we can do. And I'm like, no, you make that happen. <laughs> Wayne trying to play it cool. Yeah, we'll, I was, we'll see what we can I, do. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, we'll just see what it is. I like, and, uh, your you guy calls my happen. guy, you know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, you know, he probably, uh, I mean, top 10, honestly, yeah. probably top five without a doubt. Yeah. Um, this is like, this is, this is peak Michael Mann. It's probably his best movie. Um, it's probably my, Best Al Pacino, like favorite Al Pacino movie. And that's not really a small task when you consider yeah. his five fucking decade career and all the right. bangers that he's made. Yep. Um, he's probably like, okay, so I was thinking about this the other day. Probably the best LA movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the best heist movie. It's the best neo noir movie. It's the best cops and robbers movie. And it's probably the best crime drama of all time. Period. Yeah, yeah. That's my elevator pitch for you. Yeah, it's like it's just like it's, <laughs> it just it's the best. Yeah. It's so many tops. Yeah, you know, yeah. for me. Personally. Yeah, I had a few of those same kind of things written down. Um, Wayne, what about you? We'll, we'll kick it to you first. What do you think? I mean, I I agree with so much of that that Sean just said. I mean, it's it covers a lot of bases and tops for me. Um, but I think one of the biggest things for me that I loved about this movie, the first time I saw it, and I didn't see it in 95, I was like 10, like I'm not going to watch fucking like heat. Um, but I watched it later on in life and, uh, actually it's kind of, you know, interesting watching it now and saying like, looking at it now and thinking I I have a completely different outlook of it now than I did when I first watched it. Like it was, yeah. it's a totally different movie to me now, which is amazing. And that's where you can tell a movie is really good is when it changes and flows with time. Um, 
But watching this movie early, I was just like floored at this movie. And I totally agree, Sean. Like peak peak man, mm-hmm. like peak Michael Mann. Um, actually, like so peak that I had a hard time with the rest of Michael Mann's filmography. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a lot of in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but just love it for all those reasons. Great crime movie, great acting, great cast. Uh, you know, it's just one of those that is just gonna like solidify itself as one of the best movies of all time in my book. Well, how about you, man? Like, what what's your connection? To yeah, it? Uh, so I'm with Sean. It's probably in my top ten all time favorite movies. Um, I it's timeless for me. It's timeless. Yeah. Um, it's there's very few movies, particularly ones that are over two and a half hours that I will watch as many times as I've watched. Heat. Like oh, we've talked about it a bunch. My biggest complaint is movies are too long. Uh, but yep. when a movie, it, I mean, it's two hours and 50 minutes on the dot and it feels mm-hmm. like it's an hour and 15 minutes. This movie, yep. it's so easy to watch. It's nonstop. Everything is entertaining. Sub a couple scenes, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Um, but I'm totally with Sean and talking about like, it's the best of this movie. It's the best of this genre, best of this. And what I wrote was mm-hmm. cat and mouse. I love cat and mouse movies. And yeah. this, I think does it like top notch. I wrote like kind of like the departed seven, uh, no country for old men, silence of the lambs. Yep. Uh, besides children being abducted, cat and mouse is probably my genre <laughs> of, favorite film so it's, that's this, right this, man yeah. if we could have sprinkled some child abduction yeah, into the heat, yeah I, it's a little bit would have been number yeah. one and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um it's i mean obviously it's it's driven by the two leads and what i didn't know was uh like and you think about it and you would realize it that it's the first time de niro and pacino acted together because you just right. think of Godfather 2 and they don't have a scene together. But it's the first time they're on screen together in a movie, which mm-hmm. is crazy to think because you think of them as this all time duo. And it hasn't happened until, you know, 1995 when this movie came out. Right. Um, I'm with you. I was six when this came out. So I wasn't, you know, wearing. <laughs> you weren't rushing out to the my suit to pick this up. <laughs> and rushing to the theater to, <laughs> with my little Tommy gun. Wearing. So, so speaking of that, how old were you guys? first saw I think I was probably like my mid-teens I had a yeah I had a mid-teens phase where I was just like it's probably when the like departed came out maybe a little bit earlier than that even um where I just got totally into like any sort of movie that crime gangster anything like this and I just ran through them so right. I would probably say mid-teens what about you guys uh well for me it was probably because I realized that uh, Miami Vice was made by Michael Mann. And I was like, wait a second. What the fuck? So I was like 19, yeah. maybe like, you yeah. know, like, oh, shit. Is this the same guy? All right, <laughs> yeah. cool. Let's watch it. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Uh, you know, I don't know. I was trying to think of this the other day. So I was definitely in mid school. So it was either like 96, 97 or 98. Mm-hmm. So I was probably like. 13 or 14. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just remember, like, the heist parts of this movie. Just like, holy shit. Like, yep. Because yeah. it's like, it's such a modern feeling movie. Like, you watch it today. Yep. It's like, wow, did this really come out, like, 
fucking like almost 30 years ago like it just doesn't exactly, feel timeless. old yeah, yeah and yeah. it's crazy it's, it's crazy too because you think about the actors that are in it and when you think about just De Niro and Pacino you're like oh this movie's probably older but then you watch the movie mm-hmm. and I agree you think it's more modern uh, but yeah. you just hear De Niro and Pacino you're like oh yeah that's gotta be some 70s like if I never knew anything about the movie I'd be like oh yeah right. it's some 70s gangster movie De Niro Pacino fucking 1995 well even now yeah. even now when I watched it I was like they they look kind of old they, they, they chose these two actors which Perfect choice in casting. Only choice, but, by the way. Michael Mann's like De Niro Pacino. Oh, only yeah, choice. I'm right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's like they're kind of playing a young man's game, but they're both older in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, one thing I want to touch on before we get into everything. It, and Sean mentioned it was Michael Mann. And I wanted to get your mm. overall opinions on Michael Mann and his career. I think we've talked about this a little bit in the past and I'm kind of with you, Wayne. I think you said like maybe he is so good yeah. that everything else kind of fell, you know, by the wayside. And yeah. to me, he's been a little bit disappointing, but Sean, you sounded like you're, you're a Michael Mann fan. Cute. Yeah. What do you like other than heat? Obviously. What do I like other than heat? Yeah. Of his, of Michael <laughs> Mann's. Oh, okay. So like, well, like everything All of them? Done, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like okay, so like I, I he first came on my radar with Heat. Yep. Um because it was just like, you know, I was like a little teenager gun this shit is badass. Like just like at a very superficial level. Yep. And then so I saw um Last Mohican. Yep. I'm like, this movie fucking slaps. Yep. Right, uh-huh. and then I'm like, I like go start going through all his stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, so many other movies that didn't even realize were Michael Mann, were Michael Mann, like Ali, yeah, Will Smith biopic, Michael Mann, yep, um, Collateral, Collateral. So yep. Shit, I, I love Collateral, love Collateral. That's my second yep. favorite Michael Mann movie. That's probably my second favorite LA movie too. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think I think uh, Collateral is amazing. Yep. Um, but like he's had some real missteps, dude. Real missteps. Yeah. Yeah, like Black Hat. Oof. Terrible. Hemsworth. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. Ooh, Terrible. Yeah, and you know good. what? I I didn't even really like uh, the Insider, the one about like the big tobacco. I think that got nominated right. for Best Picture. I I, yeah. I actually didn't really even yeah, like wasn't that. Even that yeah. I loved Collateral. Uh, Last Mill Heakins is great. Um, I fucking hated Ali. I I hate. I gotta. <laughs> I have a strong distaste for biopics, and I also think Will Smith just sucks. So that, I'm probably biased there, but <gasps> I think you have to like <laughs> nail a biopic. And I, yeah, I actually mm. didn't even realize that was Michael Mann until probably like a year or two ago, and because I just saw that movie, I was like, yeah, not for me. And then it was easy for you to just like yeah. shift but it I right think into the like col- the, the shit Michael Mann pile. Collateral <laughs> has like, that same like on edge at all times during the movie feel, so and it's so good. Yeah, and it's driven again. Yep. Cruz and Fox in that movie, like two driven leads that are just so good together. Yep. And uh, so Collateral, I would say, is is not as good as Heat, but I'm um, I'm with you, Sean. I think it's fucking great. I didn't even mention. And I'm looking at his filmography now. Yep. And I totally forgot about my. It's fun. It's fun. It's no, better than you. See, would think. I didn't like that one. It's be- I did not like. It's that. better than you uh, would hard think. Pass. Like yeah. Hard pass. Yeah, hard pass. It's it's not great, but it's better one. than you would think. Of like, hey, I'm remaking this '80s TV show. 
Uh, Which he did, by the way. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. like, I think it's I think it's better than you would expect it to be. I don't think it's great mm-hmm. by any means, but it's it's a fun movie to watch. I like it. I honestly need to rewatch it because I, I've said in the past, I was like, okay, I should probably give it another chance. Yeah. Um, that guy, was one of the... Oh, absolutely. Mogwai, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just a good (laughs) soundtrack. I loved it. And, you know, I mean, there's so many scenes with them just like cool riding a boat at dusk and just like, let's go to Cuba and get mojitos. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the only good place on planet Earth to get good mojitos? Cuba. Yeah. Cuba. 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 That's where we're going. Yeah. I think maybe. Uh, the disappointment with him is that he just doesn't do a lot. He doesn't make too many movies. So maybe it's not like, hey, uh, no. he has all these duds. He just really hasn't. I mean, he's done only a handful of movies since he, honestly. Uh, Public Enemies, I thought was really bad, though. I thought that was very disappointing for a movie that. Yeah, you know, like he yeah. was like, really into like video. You could tell he was going like into video, like Insider and like Ali. And then he just went all in yeah. on uh, on public enemies with video, and it just looks like shit. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's exactly the reason that I don't like public enemies is because the look. there are car the look the yeah, car chase scenes throw me off. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's, it's like I'm watching it's out of place. Yeah. yeah. It's out of place. Exactly. Like you're supposed to be watching these guys in the 30s, these mobsters, and all of a sudden. You're switched over and watching some 13 year old on his mom's handheld camera. Yeah. Like, yeah. Filming a, a car chase. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. And like, it, it's just like you think, like, oh, John Dillinger, this famous bank robber, and Christian Bale's the movie, mm-hmm. and Michael Mann. I, it, it probably is a victim of like high expectations, but uh, sure. it was that movie was a total letdown. Um, he doesn't have too much coming out either. Apparently, he's doing an Enzo Ferrari biopic. That's the one I am looking forward to. Yeah. I would like to see that. I feel like if he does it right, it'll be good. Yeah. We'll see. It's Your boy, Hugh Jackman, is Enzo? <laughs> is he really? Hugh yeah, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm not as Wayne excited did. now. <laughs> You're not a Hugh Jackman. No, dude, I'm not. You're not a Hugh Jackman fan, Wayne? Hugh Jackman is Enzo Ferrari, like really? <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. Uh, I don't know enough about Enzo Ferrari to see if that's a good casting or not, but do you not like Hugh Jackman in general? No, I do yeah. like Hugh Jackman. I, I I really like Hugh Jackman. I just think like I think of Enzo Ferrari, man. He's like straight up Italian with those big fucking sixties glasses yeah. and like slick back uh white hair, you know, just like king of cool. And I just do not see Hugh Jackman being like this Italian, you know. But like, that kind of shit's been going on in Hollywood forever. Yeah. I mean like I know. Matt Damon in the Great Wall of China give me a phone. With the pony. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I these whitewashing roles have been going on forever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, forever. You read forever. like maybe he'll be in like 
crazy cosmetics or something. Yeah. Anyway, go go ahead. These Will. old stories of like Hollywood and whitewashing too was like even worse. Like what almost happened and who almost played who because they just didn't mm-hmm. give a fuck back then. And obviously, like oh, they before didn't. social media and cancel culture, like they did not care. So you read some stories about nah. like, oh, this actor could have played Martin Luther King, and they were like kind of serious, like considering. Yeah. Tom Hanks for Martin Luther King. Yeah. Okay, sign up. Let's just make some money. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Who we got? Top billion. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right so let's dive into heat um so obviously we all love it i don't want it to be a mm. total love fest let's talk about what you think the weak part of the movie is if there is one so is there a weak part of the movie is there a weak actor is there a weak scene character something you would replace in the movie what do you think is the film's weak point sean lead us off um, so like I was thinking about this question and, um, I don't, it's really hard because I want to say it's a perfect movie, honestly, but if I got to be nitpicky, um, like legit, every single scene with Natalie Portman could probably just get just thrown right out the door. Yep. Um, I really like her. I think <laughs> she's a great actor. Uh, you know, she's coming off professional, like super skilled. And I just don't know if we like the, the function that those ser- those scenes serve is like you know sure. Hannah L- Lieutenant Hannah has, is a human side. Yep. So I get yeah, it. Yeah, but like, they didn't. He's supposed, he's supposed yeah. to be a caring guy, and that's what the scenes serve. Like because he's good, right? You're supposed to root for him. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, it's just like mm. also the scenes with the short order cook Dennis Haysbert. You know, you're in good hands with all stage that guy. Yep. Um, I just don't know if those scenes are necessary. And I think, so when I was doing my research for this movie, uh, Michael Mann was doing a show called LA Takedown. Yep. And it was supposed to be a TV show with these characters and it didn't get greenlit by the studios. So he sat on it in the eighties and then it turned into a movie in the nineties with heat. So, mm-hmm. This was supposed to be a TV show. Like, he was just going to do, like, another Miami Vice. And, like, here's another hot yep. cop show. Yep. yep. And uh, I think if that didn't get greenlit, we wouldn't have this movie. Yep. Right. So, uh, I-, I understand why he held on to those scenes. But, like, I feel like this is, like, a 10-episode Netflix or, like, a 10-episode HBO show. Those storylines of Natalie Portman and Dennis Haysbert would be fleshed out way more. But I feel like as a movie, like, and I even watched like the three hour like, extended cut. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they're just still like, oh, really? You can just cut those out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's the weak part for me. I, I agree on one and disagree on one. I totally agree on Natalie Portman. Um, I think that she is so out of place. The like suicide attempt is so bizarre, particularly because it's in the final act and like everything's right. wrapping up and then you just have that like, you know, five, 10 yeah. minute scene at the hospital. What I think that is trying to do is like tell you about like, hey, this is the guy's third marriage. He has a stepdaughter now that's 15 years old. So he's just been through the ringer and his third marriage. And he's got this kid that he does or doesn't care about whatever. But I totally agree there. What I liked about the Dennis Haysbert stuff is that the first scene with him is so out of place. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, who is this guy that I'm supposed mm-hmm. to know? And then they kind of tie it together. Like he's a, he's, his, he's, his, 
you know, prison mate right. and, you know, knew him from jail. He's from D-Block. He's from D-Block and asked him to drive whatever. But my God, Dennis Haysbert's boss in the restaurant is the worst actor of all time. Hey, take out the garbage. Wash some dishes. Get in the back. Uh, yeah. He's so. Hey, take your break later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's so bad. <laughs> Um, but I do like that. And I agree totally about how they don't get to flesh these stories out. And you're, you hit the nail on the head with like TV shows and you're seeing that with Marvel now and, and how much Mm. they flesh characters out on TV shows that they don't get to do in movies just because of the mere sake of time. Right. So like you get the A, B, C and D storylines. That's why they're doing Marvel's doing it with their, you know, B, C and D characters because they can flesh them out more rather than having three movies with these characters. So you're totally right that if they had more time, these storylines would have been more fleshed out. Um, Mm -hmm. But I agree that there is something to be left for both of those 100%. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I feel like exactly like you said, they, they put them in there to give us some resemblance, resemblance on Hannah's side of he's human. You mm-hmm. gotta like him, you know, because when he's ripping up the towels and he's trying to stop her from bleeding, he's like, I will not lose another one today. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's, it's like supposed to be his side of mortality, which mortality is a huge topic in this movie. Um, I do, I, I will agree. Like, I like the uh, Donald Breeden, um, the, the shorter cook that they eventually turn into a driver. I like his scenes, but. I feel like with both Natalie Portman and um, the character Donald Breeden, they weren't fleshed out enough. Like, yeah. you, it was almost like he was trying to touch on why it was why these people turned to crime post jail. You know, like this is the reason why they why it would be so easy for a guy like this who feels like he's trying to get his life together to go back so easily. And, you know, of course, we've already talked about why Natalie, Natalie Portman's in the movie, her character. But with Donald Breeden, I think like, yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen that more of more of him. I wanted to see like more of that side of it. Yeah, 100 um, percent. Anything else that Wayne missed for you in this movie? Um, so <laughs> this might come as a shock for everybody, but. Uh, I feel like the casting for most part was spot on. Like, you know, aside from a couple of characters that didn't get written in well enough, I didn't really like Edie. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like Edie. I didn't like Amy Brennan as Edie. Now, You're originally, that. That is dumb. You're so no, dumb. it's not. It's not dumb. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. To what I gotta say, and you guys can roast me all after that. All right, so. There's some reasons that she is in there, okay? Originally, she was supposed to be Chinese. Like, the character was supposed to be Chinese, which I actually probably would have felt a little bit more, like, gravitated to in the sense that, I don't know. I just feel like his character was cold. Um, yeah, Don Lee was supposed to be Edie. Exactly. She was in Miami by Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I just feel like that would have worked really well. Um, but, Amy after she read the script did tell Michael Mann, she's like, I don't want to be in this because this is a crazy bloodbath. Like there's nobody's doing the right thing. I just don't like this movie. And he's like, that's why we need you in this movie. Yep. 
Yeah. So you're in. And, so for that, I think I like it. You know, I think it's I like that she's in it for that story. That whole aspect on it changed my complete mind of her and her role because. Yeah. Um, I do think that there's some cheesy scenes. Oh, the scene where like uh, De Niro chases her down in the field and like tackles her is pretty bad. Mm. Um, but it, I, I do get like the innocence of it. I actually think that the town depicts that relationship better than this movie does. The town with mm. Rebecca Hall and Affleck's character, I think, depicts that a little bit better than this movie does. Of yeah. the hey, I'm totally blindsided by this person that I'm falling in love with being a criminal. I, it's more right. fleshed out in that movie just because of time's sake, and it's more of a focus in the town than than this movie. It's more of a focus. And that's probably yeah, why, yeah. I mean, Rebecca Hall may have the most screen time in the town, her Affleck, but, uh, and, and yeah. Edie's only in a handful of scenes, but I think Amy Brenneman was good. I, I think that, you know, mm. she's uh, obviously a very minor character. I did get a good laugh at uh, like the background of her computer because she's a graphic designer and I thought of you like right away when you see all the like the old school programs and, and the, that's what it is I just yeah. hate her design I hate it yeah. get it out of here fucking awful graphic designer yeah yeah uh, I had the same thing as Sean Natalie Portman um, yeah. it, it just is is out of place and I, I just and it's it, like we said, it's totally just not flushed out. It feels weird. Uh, yep. Like I said, particularly in the third act when things are supposed to be like wrapping up and ramping up and getting going. And that whole suicide attempt is it's just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on, um, if you were to see this movie today in the theater for the first time, try to I know we've all seen it, you know, double digit times, I'm sure. Umpteen times. You walk out of the movie theater what are you thinking? What are you talking about? You're you're doing that, you know, walk out of the movie theater in twilight and you're finally seeing daylight for the first time in a couple hours. <laughs> What's your conversation like? Sean? So, I mean, besides like how awesome like Michael Mann is for putting this together, um, I mean like the thing that sh- strikes me about this movie, watching it, I watched it twice in like the last two weeks, uh, and I was just like, "Oh my god, like, is anybody not in this movie?" There's like thirty <laughs> people in this movie that you can name. Uh, yeah. I think the casting director fucking just nailed on the head. Like oh, this movie totally. is so well cast, and there's so many good actors. There's so many people that are that guy from another movie. Yeah. Like okay, so you got. You got Bubblegum, right? You got fucking Buffalo Bob with Bill yep. in this one. You got the guy, Crazy Tom Noonan. Yep. The you got the guy who awesome. invents the internet. Awesome. In this yeah, movie. Like, yeah. He's in this movie. Yeah. Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. Like, just... Jeremy Piven as the doctor. Oh. Jeremy Piven with no hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mustache. Like, Jeremy Piven's yeah. mustache yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> I don't give a shit who gave you that yeah. shirt. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. It should be Jeremy Piven. The casting should read Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Pitton's hairline. Yeah, that's brutal. Um, brutal. And then it's just like Wayne Grove. Yeah. That guy, okay, like his name, like, I don't know what his name is. It's Wayne Grove. It's, Has he been in anything else? Like, does it even matter? Yeah. I guess is no, the question. It doesn't. 
It's got also, let's talk about let's also talk about how many of the cast actually were spent time in prison. Like yeah. <laughs> Wingro. Wingro spent time yeah, in prison. He was in the clank. prison. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then so we got we got Magua in it, you know, from from last month you get just insane. And then like this is like the start of John Boyd's pivot into like character acting and just being like, what the fuck role? Like oh, yeah, this is yeah, the first you. role that you're just like why is that John Voight? That could be anybody. <laughs> yep. um, I mean, like, why is that John Voight? Why is that John Voight? Yeah. <laughs> why is that John Voight? And know. then, like, so, and then, like, the guy that's in uh, Van Zandt, uh, you know, William Fickner. William Fickner. Uh, he's yep. just in so many good things. Yep. He's in another movie that, you know, I feel like it's just like a freaking, like, derivative of Heat, well, which is he, Dark Knight, right? Dark, Dark Knight. The right? Dark Knight, yeah. He's, he's the. The I mean Christopher Nolan said he's like the same role. He's the same role, and Christopher Nolan said, like, "Yeah, that's why he cast him is because of this movie yeah. and that opening scene." Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, this what I'm what I'm talking about. If I watch this now, if it's a new movie, I was like, "Holy shit!" They got all these people in this movie. Oh my! Not to mention De Niro, Pacino, and Kilmer. It's yeah. just like it's crazy. The talent is crazy. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't even mention Ashley Judd, and like say what you will about Ashley Judd. I think she's kind of a one trick pony. But her one trick is exactly the character she plays in this movie. Um, this is a good movie for her. I think this might be her best movie. Yeah, honestly. it's probably her best movie. Yeah, I mean, like oh, yeah. she's just like, and Lauren loves these kind of movies, like Double Jeopardy, and like all these like mid nineties, like kind of. That's another good. Yeah, one. like yeah. those types of movies. Uh, yeah. Lauren, my wife, loves them, and like that's just Ashley Judd one on one. Like she can't be. She she'll never be in a comedy. She can't even be in like. It just needs to be like a courtroom drama or like a mid '90s murder mm. mystery or something like that. It's just Ashley yeah. Judd, but uh, she always ends up alone, <laughs> alone at the end of the movie. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> always, but she gets her redemption in always. the end. She gets her redemption in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah she does. Yeah. Does she? <laughs> well, not in this. Oh, that's a good. Not question. in this movie. That's not in this one. Yeah. In this yeah. one, I don't know if she yeah. does. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, if we're talking about Ashley Judd and her continuing character through multiple movies, oh, okay. <laughs> she Ashley eventually, Judd, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Wayne, what about you? You're walking out of the movie theater, what are you thinking about this one? Honestly, like the same thing that happened ten minutes before we started this podcast. I was just in awe at the way this movie ended. You know, like just those two actors, silence. Just watching the lights of L.A. in the background. Yep. It's just, it's one of those movies that hangs with you afterwards, you know? Like that last scene, just like, you're so, it was just so much of a ride for two hours and 50 minutes that you're just like, afterwards, you're just like, fuck, yep. what the hell did I just watch? You know, yep. like, you start thinking about everything, you know? I mean, but... To be honest, that last scene to me is so powerful. It's so powerful that it just it lingered, lingers. Yeah. How about you, Will? Um, I'm thinking, was Al Pacino's character on cocaine this entire movie? Was he? <laughs> That's one hundred percent. Apparently, he like actually was. Yeah. They like kind of wrote that storyline out, but apparently, he was like a coke fiend in the movie. But I yeah, think that yeah. would probably be my one takeaway when I'm walking out of the theater. <laughs> Was he just that weird, or was he on coke the entire time? Um, that would be a take. I think. I mean, didn't I think either he or Michael Mann decided that Lieutenant Hannah was 
on code. Yeah, yeah, right? no, they they like deleted scenes where he was had. Yeah, know, he was. Uh, he yeah. officially was. He had a coke problem, but that informs his entire. Performance. Oh, it does. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it does. But do you think they took it out because it degrades the character? I don't know. That's a good question. I I think like maybe they took it out to just be to make him a little bit more easy to root for, I guess. Yeah, human. Because that's the other question I have is who is Michael Mann trying to get you to root for? Who is the hero? So I have a lot to say. No, let's I mean, let's dive into it. I mean, that's a good question, man. Who who are we supposed to root root for? And who do you root for? Are you team Hannah, team Macaulay? I mean, and who do you think the director is wanting us to root for? Team Wayne You could be Team Wayne You could be Team Raping and Killing Prostitutes. That's your thing. Yeah. I was about to say we don't kink shame on this podcast, but in that case, I think we do. Don't go full Wayne guys. Never go full Wayne Hold back. I love one of my favorite, like, B lines of the movie is when he's with the prostitute. She goes, "Yeah, you fly, you cool." <laughs> and when Chris, <laughs> when Chris, <laughs> yeah, I know you're lying to me. Uh, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, Hannah McCauley, Sean, who you think man wants us to root for, and who do you root for? So one hundred percent, we are rooting for uh, Team Team Hannah. Um, I feel like yeah, that, that special appearance by my. I wife. know you're getting served yeah. drinks over here. This is <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. My <laughs> wife left. She, she's not even in the same. I house. just te- I just texted her. I'm like, can you bring another drink, please? God, I love yeah. her. Um, okay, so uh, 100% Team Hannah for me. Um, okay, so I feel like this entire movie is one big face-off between. Uh, Hannah and Macaulay, right? So, like, the names, even at the, at the beginning of the movie, the names are top billed. It's just like Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. Like, at the same time, even. Um, and I know that was probably like studio agent negotiation, but like, it sets up yeah. story points for the viewer. Um, like, so many of the shots in the movie are them looking like directly, directly at each other. Uh, yep. They might as well be looking in the mirror. I feel like yeah. these characters are mere images of one another. Yes. Yep. Um, I feel like they exist as each other's foils. So like mm-hmm. they're each other's own antagonist. I feel like they exist to make the other one possible. And mm-hmm. Their existence is the other one's existence. And I feel like they enable their mere self's existence in a way that they, they manifest. So I feel like they're they're sort of like yin and yang almost. Like yeah. They can't exist without each other. They're the yep. same guy. Like it's just like plain as day, they're the same person. But at the end of the day, um I mean at the end of the day, who is, is looking out towards the future? Like mm-hmm. it's it's Hannah, right? So like he's mm-hmm. looking onwards towards the future. Macaulay's stuck in the past. He's looking towards the viewer. He's dead. He's slumped. Um, I'm just like, the end scene, like you said, Wayne, I, I just think like, yeah, fucking incredible. Um, yeah. I feel like the, the, the setting of the end scene, it's like this like liminal, like weird, like dreamscape. I feel like it's just like 
perfect for like these battles of what they are. It's like two archetypes. This like mm-hmm. these battles of two archetypes, these battles of two egos. I feel like Hannah is an apex predator. Macaulay is apex prey, right? Yeah. Like, and, and the fucked up thing about it is like Hannah kills the only person in the world who truly will understand his yep. life, yep. his driving his force, drive. his creed, exactly. like everything about him. You know, like I feel like they they hold hands at the end, and yep. like that was not an accident. No, yeah, they're soulmates. Yeah. I feel like the love story is 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 Hannah and Macaulay. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's straight up Romeo and Juliet if you look at it that way because like they're doomed to fail. But I feel like yeah, like the love story is not between like De Niro's character and Edie or like Pacino's character and his wife. It's the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we yeah. talked about the Dark Knight influence. You could throw in that Dark Knight line: "You and I are destined to do this forever." would be perfect for this this movie yeah. too, like the Batman yeah. and Joker thing. And I, I mean, the coffee shop scene really explores this whole thing where they're talking about, hey, this is all I know how to do. This is what I'm best at. And this is all how I know how to do. And I don't want to do anything else. And the both of them expressing that to each other, you see that connection of like, hey, I got you. We're on different sides of the coin. So why I may not agree with what you're doing, I agree with how you're doing it and putting your all respect into you. something. Yeah. And you're totally right. The handshake at the end just is the epitome of that. And it, it mm. really comes full circle. Um, I am with you that I root for Pacino a little bit more, probably just because I love mm. his crazy ass performance. But... God, so, <laughs> so over the yeah, top, yeah. like so over the top. And but the fact that he's that over the top and in any other movie, if you see someone act like this, you're like, this is fucking nuts. What? But like he <laughs> fucking yeah, yeah. nails it. It's 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 entertaining. It's even fucking relatable at times, like how yeah. much this guy is going off the deep end. And uh, for that, I I agree. I'm, I'm rooting for Pacino a little bit more than I am for De Niro. But uh what about you, Wayne? Honestly, I mean, so we talked about how this movie aged and how I thought differently back when I first watched it to now. And one of the reasons is the relationship between Hannah and Macaulay and how differently I viewed them. Um, when I was younger, I was all Macaulay. Like, Same. I'm so like, glad you said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% Macaulay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted him to... I Still to this day... The majority, 90% of this movie, I'm rooting for Macaulay. Like, I'm like, when he's, when they're like walking out of the bank and they have the fucking duffel bags on their back and they're trying to get to the car, I'm like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then I like visualize like, oh fuck, if he wasn't there, like they would fucking make it, they could do it. And, but then at some point, and I think it's probably around the time, like I know we said it wasn't. It wasn't supposed to be in there or like we didn't realize it was important. But once he walks back, he goes back to his hotel room and he's like, fuck it. I'm going to go get a good night's rest. Like he's gone. I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. And then he goes and finds Natalie Portman in the bathtub. Something changes. And from then on, I am like all team Hannah. Like he's he is amazing. Like his performance overall through this entire movie is like perfect. Like we should. If 
we're going to talk about Oscars and yeah. Oscar snubs. Oh but his, his fucking performance was incredible through this whole fucking movie. And but even though that is true, I still was like Macaulay for most of the way. And then there's some point in the movie where I'm just like Team Hannah, like get him. I don't know. It's just something about it. It's like it's that predator versus prey, like you talked about, Sean. It is like the perfect apex predator. He's he is built and he has changed his entire life. He has shut off the rest of his fucking life. Married three times. Three times. Like doesn't yeah. doesn't talk to his fucking kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he this is his shit. And that's all he does. Yeah. And he is there to search out for these people that are doing in his world bad things. And on the other side of it, Macaulay is the prey. He knows how to fucking disappear. He always, his main fucking line quote is like, don't ever feel like you can, um, don't ever let yourself get attached to anything you're not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat. When you feel the heat. feel the heat around, when you feel the heat around the corner. Yeah. So like everything about him is built to be a prey that knows how, that's like the apex deer. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's oh, like the fucking yeah, yeah he's like the 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 super old deer that hangs out that nobody can shoot and just gets away with it yeah and, he's that buck with like 30 points yeah mm-hmm. like 30 points just keeps living you know yeah. like he's been shot six times like fuck it i don't care you I'm can't get him no nah, but okay so you said about that his creed right how many times does this motherfucker break his own creed, though? Because, like, you're talking yeah. about when you start rooting for one person versus the other. For me, it's in that fucking scene when they're on the highway and he's leaving. He's scot-free. And he decides yeah. to take the goddamn fucking exit to go kill Wayne. <laughs> Wayne Grohl! Like, yeah. he... Wayne Grohl! Yeah. Yeah. But he just, he just diverts. I know. And that I whole know, scene man. is amazing, by the yeah, way. Like, that was he's it. in light. He's bathed in light. And then as soon as it gets dark and the music changes, he does that sudden change and the music changes and you're just like, oh, fuck. Something's about that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a perfect, like we talked about it before, like, hey, like, this is all I know how to do. This is all he knows how to do. And he can't get out of this game. And he can't get out of like, hey, this one guy fucked him over. So I don't care. I'll drop everything else in my life. I need to fucking get this guy back. And uh, the, yeah. when he kicks in the hotel room door, that's such a great scene. <laughs> Yeah. So good, because you want to fucking hate. I hate Wayne Crow. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I take care love of Wayne Crow at the same time. Um, I love and yeah. hate him. I know. I love I that he's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Wayne, you mentioned Oscars, and I, I want to get into that actually a little bit. And yeah. um, but before I do, I just want to say like the one thing I like about these two which I love when movies do this and and very few do it and do it right. And the the part is the one thing that comes to mind is that the two leads never see each other until like later in the movie, right? There's the whole buildup like DiCaprio and Damon don't see each other till the Mm. very end of the movie when they're like in the office and they kind of realize who each other are. This, the coffee scene happens maybe like middle of the second act, but there's this whole buildup in that no country for old men. They never see each other. Like the, the buildup of two leads and that don't act together. I love that. I yeah. love when movies do that. And, totally and this does it perfectly. Um, but speaking of which, so the two leads and we'll talk about the Oscars, but I want to know this movie was famously snubbed at the Oscars. Completely, completely snubbed. Completely. Ofer, 
and honestly, a very weak movie year too, which is crazy. Weak, very weak movie totally. year. So you're coming off. Well, okay, not okay, not entirely weak. Well, you're coming off yeah. in '94, which is famously like, inarguably the greatest movie year ever made, right? Greatest movie year. So you, yeah. in '94, you have Shawshank. <laughs> Sean, you know it's the greatest movie year. Yeah, Will, good. you know it's the greatest. Ninety four is probably the greatest movie year ever. <laughs> I mean, you have Shawshank, you have Pulp Fiction, you have Forrest Gump, overrated. Um, you have Quiz Show. <laughs> <laughs> you have all these great movies, and then ninety five. So that Will, did you just say that Forrest Gump is overrated? I'm sorry, slight. I don't know if my my mic was different. <laughs> <laughs> I just had all this just bad interception here. Yeah, I feel like my internet cut out there for a second. It's a fine movie. Okay. It's a fine movie. It's a fine movie. Um, and you have this this movie year, which I don't think is that great. And I want to know one. It, it obviously, it was snubbed. What Oscars do you think it should have been nominated for? And particularly talking about the mm. lead Oscar nomination. So if one of them were to get it, who do you think it would be? Because it's a very even keeled. I would love to see. I haven't looked it up, but their screen time and and who has more. Um, yeah. Sean, your thoughts? Okay, so that was 1996 Oscars. Yeah, yeah right? 95 right. movies for 96 yeah. Oscars. So Nicholas okay, Cage so, wins for leaving Las Vegas. Okay, so that's a really hard category to do because there's two leads in this movie, and one lead is always going to overshadow two leads, right? So I, I guess I get Nicholas Cage. Um, leaving Las Vegas is, is amazing. Yep. Actor in a supporting role, uh, Kevin Spacey won for Usual Suspects, and I'm like. Like, okay, you look at this movie and you could ar- arguably say that De Niro, Pacino, and Kilmer would all be up for actor in a supporting role. Correct? So I feel like... I would say Pacino would be Pacino would be leading role. I, dis- I think then... De Niro's the lead and I think Pacino is supporting. Okay, so okay. that disagreement right, right there, there is the fact that they're both yeah. supporting roles. Okay, yeah, uh, just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Actress in the leading role. Actress in a supporting role. I don't know. If no. This, if he, no. If he has no. Yeah. Definitely not. Um, cinematography. Okay. So Braveheart wins. I don't know. I, the look of Heat is an no. I would have. I would have gone with Heat for cinematography. One hundred percent. So like, there's. I mean, look, the other nominees are Batman Forever, Little Princess, Sense and Sensibility, and Shanghai Triad. Do you even know any of those movies besides Braveheart and, and Batman Forever? I don't. I, I know a little. I know um, a Little Princess and Sense and Sensibility. I know a Little Princess too well, actually. <laughs> right. Okay. So like, okay. and then directing, you have Mel Gibson, Braveheart. Braveheart's good. Okay, yep. I love Braveheart. Here's the thing. Is anybody fucking talking about Braveheart now? Like they're talking about Heat because I don't want to jump ahead into like the legacy of Heat, but like, is anybody talking about Braveheart the way they're talking about? I Heat mean, now no. The answer is no. I think so. I, I think no, so. I don't think so. I think so. But I agree. If this wins an Oscar, it should have been for directing. It's one of the best directed movies right? of all time. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't even think. I'm fine with neither of them winning best actor or best supporting mm-hmm, actor. Mm-hmm. I would have liked a best picture nom. I actually think maybe if you even talk about writing, that might be the weak part of this movie is the script. Honestly, 
and the dialogue other than the coffee scene, maybe the script is the weak part of the movie. When you talk about directing, visuals, action, all mm-hmm. that, maybe the script's okay. weak yeah. part I can take. But I think the script's weak because of the subject matter. Because it doesn't need to be true. It doesn't need to it's it's the characters in the movie are just very straightforward. True. We're drinking straight whiskey, guys. True. Like these guys are just straight shooters. <laughs> they don't need to fluff True, but nonetheless, yeah. it's not like this Aaron Sorkin classic script. Like you know, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> but directing is the number one beef I would have with the Oscars. Like this is one of the best directed movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And, All yeah. Right. So if you were to say what were the three categories that you feel like this should have won in, what would mm-hmm. you pick? Okay. Supporting actor for sure. It should have at least been nominated, right? Yeah. For right. something in supporting actor. It should have been nominated for something in directing. It should have been nominated for something in cinematography. And it should have been nominated for, I don't know, any of the other technical like sound effects. Yeah. Yeah. Film editing. Like Film editing. Ten awards and that like. Yeah nerd category i want to say but like it should have been up for something like it's just it's stupid that it was completely snubbed in every single category i totally worst awesome mistake all time all time will what's your three if you if you feel like these things exemplified this movie these three directing number one far and away uh, mm-hmm. it depends on where you define them. But if you did like, I think Pacino would be the supporting role for me. So I would say Pacino in a supporting mm-hmm. role. And I would say a best picture nom. If you look at the, the uh, best picture noms that year, and maybe it shouldn't have won. Like I'm fine with, you know, Hey, it's not the best picture. Braveheart won, which I like Braveheart probably more than you guys do the way you're talking about. No, I mean, I but like, the other I one, like <laughs> Yeah, I love Braveheart. The, the other ones, <laughs> I think Apollo 13 is vastly overrated. Um, mm-hmm. Fucking Agreed. Babe is nominated. The fucking... Agreed. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, the Postman, the foreign film, not the Kevin Costner one, which I mm. haven't seen. And Sense and, Sense and Sensibility are the no- best picture noms. So, nope. I mean, it deserves a nom. But this is also back when the Oscars were only doing... Five, five. five. So it's right, a, it's a right. big difference. So it's a little bit different, but yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's different, and I know we've talked about the Oscars in the past, and I actually like the Oscars a lot, and I think that they do, for the most part, get nominations right. I think they rarely get the winner right, but I think for the most part, mm-hmm. they their nominations are at least in line. Listen, no one's ever going to agree on them. Movies are subjective, right? For, and that's why. We're here talking right now, but um, I think a, the fact that this movie is not nominated for Best Picture is insane to me. It's ridiculous. Insane. But I think if 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 I had to do my three, it would be Best Picture, Best Director, and honestly, Best Sound. Yeah, yeah, sound. sound. Like just reading about how Michael Mann in that scene when they the the gunfight scene after they the bank. bank Exactly. It's oh all yeah. it's all natural sound. Yeah. There is know, they didn't no full loads. They didn't do quarter yes. or half loads like they normally do. Yep. Exactly. So everything you hear in that, he set up sound uh, mics everywhere along that street to pick up all the sounds, and mm. that's how he got the sound for that. There is nothing post in that in that scene, which is incredible to me to think about. Yep. That's incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. So we talked about oscars and leading roles and supporting roles i want to hear who's your favorite under the radar role in this movie who's the undercard 
who's the fly under the radar actor actress role that you love in this movie sean so my favorite undercard actor and there's so many in this movie because like if you don't go Pacino, Kilmer, or Nero, it's like everyone else is an undercard officer. So my favorite is probably William Fichtner, uh, Roger Benzin. Love it. Um, mm-hmm. That look, that so when Nero delivers that line, uh, I'm talking to an empty telephone. Yep. <laughs> and you know, he's just like completely fucked. You know, yeah. he likes over. And he just looks at the camera with that vacant. Like, I'm dead. Like, yep. And yeah. uh, I know William Fickner never really has been like a leading man or anything, but in that moment, you're just like, holy shit. Like, I feel really fucking bad for that yep. guy. Like, <laughs> he acted shit out of that scene. Also, okay, Ty is Dennis Haysberg. Um, all his scenes are so powerful. Um, the fact that he's on parole and his wife is rooting for him. Yeah. She finds out at the bar and he's dead. It's just like it breaks her. Yep, like it does. Those yeah. two roles to me have the most impact that are not the leading Kilmer De Niro, you know, for me. Yeah. But, but like it's, it's it's so hard because there are so many good people in this movie. Like I said at the beginning, yeah. it's like thirty people in this I know. movie that are like oh <laughs> name, God, guys, name like, after name yeah. after yeah. name. Uh, name so, after name. Yeah. After name. So uh, William Fickner is a great pick. I love like. Even after he's blatant, like, so after the, uh, like, the drop-off scene when they know, like, hey, you set this up, and he still tries to lie through it, and he still tries to bullshit, and that, that yeah. scene when he's on the phone, he's yeah. like, oh, I don't know, I just sent my guy. He's such a, like, yeah, yeah. pathological liar douchebag, and oh, plays it so fucking good. He's like, oh, yeah, I sent my guy there, and he plays that perfectly, and even at the end of the yeah. movie, when uh, De Niro kills him, and he's like, yo, where's Wayne Grove? He's like, oh, how am I supposed to know? Like, how am I supposed how to know? How the fuck am I, I supposed, am I supposed to, know? to know? He's such a, like, great, full of shit, yeah, scummy, <laughs> fucking millionaire guy. And uh, he plays yeah. the role perfectly. So uh, I love that choice. <laughs> love that choice. I mean, when when De Niro says, I'm talking to an empty telephone, yeah, it's, yeah. I get, like, goosebumps it's, when I fucking I, it's watch an all that time. scene. 100%. All timeline. Yeah, just, like, cold just like all the way down it's like this dude's fucking dead serious, man. Man. that's some cold ass shit that's some cold ass cold shit. shit what about you wayne you're uh, under the radar performance um so actually like is this gonna be a little bit in left field but like uh mckelty williamson as sergeant oh. drucker god 100 drucker <laughs> yeah like okay so this the the, the what did it for me? Like we talk about like in movies, like sometimes you don't really understand why somebody gets an award or why they are appreciated for the role until later on in the movie. Yep. I talk about Tom Hanks and Captain Phillips all the time. Like the, the, the scene sealer for me was very into the movie. This is when he's talking to Ashley, Ashley Judd. hundred yep. percent. Exactly. And he's saying, you know, listen, this is what your kid is going to have to deal with unless you comply with us. This is what you're going to have to, yeah. you know, this is his life. If you don't like just the way he delivers that, you're just like, yeah, yeah. He, he steals that. Life. He steals that scene life. when he, he tells, uh, steals he tells us Hey, go make her a drink. And he's like, Oh no, yeah. fuck that. And, yeah, and totally. he just like, totally bodies him and alphas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally, yeah. Man. yeah. 
Wait, it's your favorite scene in Captain Phillips real quick? Is that the part at the end where the nurse is checking up on him? Yeah. Dude, do you know that scene was real? Like, the nurse was like a real nurse. Really? Trivia. Because, like, I saw that when I when I was watching that movie, I had to read about that. Like, that was after, like, ad-lib scene. Oh, shit. Well, that's, yeah, that's my, that's my favorite part too, though. <laughs> yeah, that movie, that part sealed it for me. I was like, oh, sealed shit. it. It was done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, I can't say it's under the radar because it's John Voight, but John Voight <laughs> is. <laughs> it, in very few scenes, <laughs> rocking the mullet and the mustache and just. <laughs> the mullet oh and the mustache. God, Dude, don't God. forget the liver spots. Yeah. Like he got yeah. the liver spots. And Nate just being so wacky and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just love it. Uh, it's I a free love how, yeah. <laughs> I just love how he answers the phone. Yeah. You know, he just he like picks up the phone with like two, three fingers. Yep. Just like I just want you to know. You, I have to tell you because you asked. Yeah. This is the start of John Boyd as a character. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really yeah. is. I mean, uh, I mean. We, I, I, so he did. He he did remind me a little bit of his character from Mission Impossible One, right? Yeah, a little a bit, a little, little bit. bit. I, I see it. Yeah, I yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't know John Voight as not this actor. I mean, I just watched Midnight Cowboy for the first time ever, like a year ago, maybe. And right, you know, right. it's fucking Bizarro Land watching that movie now. <laughs> Bizarro Land, and, and great fucking movie. Thinking of yeah, right. it's great. It's a great fucking great movie, movie. And, and like, I just never thought of John Voight that way until watching that movie. And right. It's like shocking because this is kind of how I've known him. And I mean, John Voight, present day though, you can say what you will about. It seems like he's gone off the deep end a little bit. One hundred percent, he's gone. He's yeah, he's I mean, a nut. Totally. But oh, so Mission Impossible was his next movie after Heat. Oh, it was right after it. He's yeah. just like I'm. Just yeah, he's just, I'm gonna be Nate, yeah. but less mustache and mullet. <laughs> oh, but he has this, this Spanish accent. What are you talking about? He's not the same role at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, then he does Anaconda. Oh, Anaconda. Oh, yeah. yeah, he does Anaconda. Oh, the mid '90s, the like '95 uh, to '97. Those movies that came out. I don't care what they're all say. absurd. I loved Anaconda. <laughs> 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 you just like J Lo in a wet T shirt. Yeah. It's cool, dude. It's like, cool. Don't, don't act like you dude. like Anaconda. Okay? Dude, it's 2022 <laughs> and people are still loving fucking J Lo in a t shirt. <laughs> wet T shirt. Oh my god. True. Yeah. True. I, I I said to Lauren the other day. She put up something like for her birthday with Ben Affleck, and I was just like, right. it's over. She's the most attractive woman on the planet. It's over. Like it's done. We're she can't. We're not talking about her. She's yeah. she's gonna outlive you and out. Yeah. Out pretty you forever. Speaking of, yeah, she's fifty. That's stupid. Yeah, speaking yeah. of J Lo, um, out of sight. Have you guys seen that movie? Is heavily influenced by this movie. Her, great her and Clooney. It, great, it's a George great fucking movie. So yeah, it, it's a yeah, great yeah. cat and mouse. Two people on the different ends of the spectrum. She's trying to catch the criminal. That's a great, mm-hmm. great movie, and you could see the heat influence in that one too. You can see it in that yeah, movie. Yeah, that is a great mm-hmm. underrated movie. Uh, would highly yeah, recommend that. Oh, great. I mean, it's Steven Soderbergh. Soderbergh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, very good. Um, 
Well, let's have some fun talking about this movie. Uh, I want to hear mm-hmm. your favorite quotes. The, the your favorite quote. <laughs> there are some good ones. I'm assuming it's gonna be, be a Pacino one, but your favorite quote, <laughs> one you use the most, Sean. Yeah, one one you use the yeah. most. So yeah. okay, so I was thinking about this, and like the favorite quote that like um that that I use in everyday life mm. would probably be like, "Give me all you got," right? Yep. Listen. Give me all you got. 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 When he when he's meeting when he's meeting the the informant, you know, at the beginning. Right? Yep. Also, uh, she's got a great axe. It's this, just like you got to do the hand moves. It's time, time. Bitch. Got got it. Yeah. Great ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, my favorite quote from the movie. Uh, so, like, I I use probably uh, I use probably give me all you got. She's got a great up a lot, but those are just like you can throw those pepper those into everyday life. My favorite quote from the movie though is probably uh like you mentioned, Wayne. Uh, I'm talking to an empty telephone. Yeah. And uh also uh the Pacino quote, um and it's not like a, a cocaine quote. It's when he says, <laughs> All I'm doing is what I'm going after when he's trying to explain to his wife um like his driving force, like his creed. And I think yep. that quote is so like much of a linchpin to the entire movie that I just couldn't leave it out because it's so critical. Because without it's that so, quote, it's like, why is he so gung ho about getting Macaulay? Why is he so gung ho about ruining three marriages? Like, what is the problem? So, and they answered that later in the movie, right? He yeah. says that when they're at the hospital mm-hmm. afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she because she's asking him like, why do you, why do you care so much? You know, Diane Benora, yeah. and, and yeah. he says, all I'm, all I am is what I'm going after, which just reinforces my theory that they're the same fucking person. I'm calling them yeah, yeah. are the same person. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Well, what's your favorite quote? <laughs> Who? Who? What are you a fucking owl? <laughs> yeah dude Uh, love that (laughs) yeah that one uh, is my favorite and my most used anytime I hear the word who I just go right to that fucking quote every single time who 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 were you fucking owl alright so we've talked a lot about this movie and there's a lot of great iconic scenes we've talked about so within iconic scenes you got to talk about memorabilia if you're taking mm-hmm. a piece of memorabilia away from this movie what is it you're on set what are you stealing sean okay so i thought a lot like probably too much about this yeah yeah there's so many good bits in this movie um, and it really comes down to two things for me, and I just can't make up my mind, so I'm going to tell you both. Um, either one, Hannah's wristwatch. It looks like it's a fucking bag <laughs> or like yep. I mean, an Omega or something. Yeah. Like, it looks badass. Because, like, it does. when he takes down, uh, when he takes down Tom Sizemore yep. with yeah. a headshot. Chirito. When he, well, when he takes down Chirito with a headshot, and you see his watch, it's like, 
that? Yeah, I know. No. You're like, pause. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is that an Omega? Is that a Tag Hour? I can't tell. Um, or, okay, and this might be kind of weird, but Chris's black hockey mask for the first. Yeah, that's great. Heist. Oh, great answer. Val Kilmer's hockey mask. Because remember, he's like Paul. He's like the weird yeah. people. Yep. He's like the weird man out with the only black hockey mask. Yep. I and it's like, oh shit. Like, love I like that. that. It's like, yeah. it, those two, I, I, I don't know. Uh, go ahead, Wayne. My, my, my picks are weird. <laughs> no, I also have two. Like I could not. Like I, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't just. I have one. like five, so you right. guys are good. <laughs> I know. Like, there's so many like pieces of yeah. this movie. Like, I love. It. <laughs> there's there's two. Like also for some weird reason, I wanted a piece of Hannah's jewelry. Only it was his gold chains. <laughs> like as soon as he gets like post sex shower, where he's. <laughs> Oh, like, he looks like he smells like a goddamn ashtray, by the way, too. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so, like, I love to have those gold chains. Love to have those gold chains. And then second, I want the fucking TV that he knocks God over. God damn it, Wayne. Oh. You stole mine. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ralph, you can't watch my television, Ralph. <laughs> so, Will, what is, what is yours? You gotta have another one. That's I do. That was my, like, joke one. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ralph, you can sh- you can share my wife if you want, but you can't watch my television. You can't watch my, watch my 15-inch box television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then I'm about to throw out a car window. Yeah, he takes it with him. That's the funniest part. <laughs> yeah. Is that later when on when he's like, "I'm going to the fucking hotel," dumps it out sleep. of the car. It's in. He's in the yeah. car with him. <laughs> yeah. Um, mine. My uh, one of the coffee mugs from the coffee scene is up there. That would be cool. Oh, yeah. But I also De Niro and Kilmer. Those sunglasses they rock in the shootout scene are fucking awesome. They look so oh, yeah, cool in those yeah. sunglasses. So, so clean. So clean. Yeah. And then Sean, same scene where he shoots Ty- Tom Sizemore. How cool does Pacino look in that bulletproof vest? If you could have that bulletproof vest. God. Those are my answers. So good. Yeah, but the, the yeah. I think I would go with, if I gun to my head, I would go Kilmer's sunglasses in the shootout scene. Yeah. He looks okay. so cool. So yeah. good. Yeah. So good. Um. Who are you grabbing a beer with? If you're having a beer with any character in this movie, who are we drinking with? So, okay, this is tricky for me because, like, if we're talking about character in the movie, uh, I mean, like, I feel like it's, it's no question Trejo. Like, oh. you're grabbing a beer with, you're grabbing a beer with Trejo on Western. That's a good answer. That's a fucking Albuquerque answer, dude. <laughs> He is the only guy in the movie. That's a 505 answer. That's a 505. Beer with him. (laughs) But I feel like if we're talking actor, for me, it's another unquestionable Hank Azaria. Because, like, I don't know. Like, okay, I feel like Nero and Pacino are kind of like Hollywood insider apples. And uh, probably Kilmer is weird, by the way. Uh, Very So, I mean, like, it's just. It's a it's yeah. a list of B actors at that point, and uh, I, I got to pick Hank Azaria. But if character is Trejo, mm. if it's actor, it's Hank Azaria. But I mean, I haven't really thought about this one too much. But I, I feel like those are my two answers. If 
Uh, let's, let's. I, I just want to. Has there been any actor that fell off harder than Val Kilmer? I mean, Top Gun. Kevin Spacey. But he had a career. I mean, he had a career. He won Oscars. Like, I mean, he fell off harder then. But like, Kilmer was supposed to be the next big thing. I mean, Kilmer had these. I mean, he was fucking Batman. He was in Top Gun. He was Tom Cruise. He was Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. He, I mean, he, he yeah. was the counterpart to him, literally and I mean, literally in Top Gun. And then I know he was yeah, supposed he to was be this, Tom and Cruise. he just fucking. I think he got too weird. There's a lot of stories about how he was difficult to work with, but like. He's in mm-hmm. these gigantic fucking movies, and mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I I feel like Kilmer's trajectory. Like okay, so like the Saint was supposed to be a franchise. I feel like that was one hundred percent going to be a franchise. Yep, that was. He did be a franchise. so many good movies. Like Ghost in the Darkness was good, um, mm-hmm. and then he did Island of Doctor Moreau. And then he did Batman, and, and things were just mm-hmm. weird for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Val Kilmer is one of my favorite character actors. No, like, I, I I totally like, agree with you. On yeah, that. Val Kilmer to me is is one of my favorite yeah. character actors, and I I love that time period. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I love the Val Kilmer Island of Doctor Moreau, Batman Forever, mm-hmm. like that weird fucking Tombstone. Tim's like so fucking good. That's my favorite so Western good, of all time. Man. So it's just like, like I, I just like the Doors. I mean, he's great as Jim. I, oh, Doors! I, I hate Dude, Jim Morrison. I, I just said how much I hate biopics. That movie fucking is great, and he kills it. Doors is incredible. He's so good. Yeah, he kills yeah. it. Yep. He yep. is an incredible actor. I feel like okay, so he has mouth cancer, and like so he started really using marijuana a lot to 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 cope. And I understand, like, I don't understand what cancer is because I don't have cancer. But, like, I, I feel like he really got a, a shit hand in life. Mm. And uh, I, I feel like he could have been, I feel like he could have been Tom Cruise. I mean, like, he was cast in Top Gun as the foil to Tom Cruise. I feel like his career could have been Tom Cruise. But, like, X, Y, and Z happened. Yeah. I, I feel like Kilmer is one of Hollywood's most wasted uh, and squandered time. It, yeah. It's weird, and I'm going to disagree because there's only one Tom Cruise, but... Um, <laughs> uh, no, but it is a missed opportunity. We didn't even talk about... I don't know if you guys like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but... It, outsta- kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Outstanding movie. movie. Incredible. Outstanding movie. Yep. Outstanding. And he just... He had all the potential in the world, and just something happened. And I wonder if it's all these stories are true. Like he was just difficult to work with, and then all of a sudden, no, he was weird to work yeah. with. I, I read about it. Yeah. I, was, when yeah. I was researching this movie. It was like podcast with Val Kilmer. Yeah, he's kind of weird. Yeah. So and that was 1995. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in Entourage, yeah. I don't know if you guys have, have watched Entourage. He played this like parody of himself where he was like. This stoned out weird <laughs> yeah. guy. He was like a sh- Sherpa. Sherpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> it, it, he just. But you know, he he just came out with that documentary where he pulled from, you know, called Val, uh, where he does kind of like a self evaluation of himself and his last, you know, 15, 20 years of his career. No, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I think he's gonna be in the Top Gun sequel. I'm not sure though. I'm not sure if he's confirmed Look, or not. The, whether or not he's 
he's out of his marbles for good or not. I I'm all for seeing more Val Kilmer, even when mm-hmm. he's like, like what was he was in some random ass movie or show recently that was a comedy where he played himself. Uh, and I, I mean, we talked about Entourage. I don't know if you're talking about that. He was in the Jay and Silent, one of the Jay and Silent Bob movies. He was in one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm wondering the like if he's gonna be one of these guys like if you could get like a Downey Jr. like revitalization with Val Kilmer or is he too far I don't far think gone? you can do that. No. I, I think, I think, I think cancer. Yeah. I think cancer is fucking him up. He has mouth cancer. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like his tongue or something. So yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's going to have a revitalization like RDJ. I mean, no one's, no, yeah, one, no one's going to have that level of revitalization, but I mean, just like, right, Hey, yeah. does he have, well, okay. Comeback John Travolta did. John Travolta did in Pulp Fiction. He did. And I feel he, like he did in that Pulp level of revitalization. Yeah. So to rule him out, it takes one. Uh, role. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, it does. It takes one role. It, it does. takes one role. And mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. reason that that John Travolta worked in Pulp Fiction is because Quentin Tarantino played off of that ir- ironic, the yeah. irony of the fact that he used to be this like sex symbol yeah. this dance guy and he was like mm-hmm. you know what let's put him in a fucking goofy haircut yep. let's like have him do this a ponytail. Yeah. another ponytail. ponytail you know what a speaking of long hair you know what i think the comp the comp is is mickey rourke does he have like the wrestler mm. in him? oh my god does he have that yeah. type of role in him where it's like it hey i'm a beaten down the wrestler was so fucking oh my god will i 100 percent agree with you on this one. Like, 100%. <laughs> the wrestler was so perfect for Mickey Rourke and that time perfect. in his life yeah. and where he was oh as a beaten down man. Like, does he have that in him? Yep. I I hope so. I hope so. No, I don't think he does. But I don't think he has a wrestler. I mean, very few. Mm. That's honestly what... I'm ho- I, I One of my favorite performances ever. That movie is Like, I, I don't know. Agree. Yep. 100%. Yep. 100%. Yep. yep. That movie's amazing. amazing. No, it's it's amazing. Title track sung by the great Bruce Springsteen. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway, we just got totally off track. Wayne, who are you having a beer with? <laughs> Is it Val Kilmer? Oh, dude. No, it's not Val Kilmer. He, Chris, like, I don't know. He, like, okay, so if we're going to go, like, this is a person. Actually, this is both character and the actor that portrayed the character, I would like to have a beer with Tom Sizemore. Oh, um, shit. Mike, Michael. Oh, Charito. I think he's boring. Oh, like, no, I would have loved to have had a beer. <laughs> I with think Tom, Tom Sizemore is a drip. Totally boring. No, dude. I, I love him and everything he's done. Like saving private Ryan. I love. Yeah. Okay. Him. Wait, I'm so glad you said this and I, I'm sorry to step all over you here, but, uh, Tom Sizemore went into rehab, and guess who drove him to rehab? Val Kilmer. Robert Downey. <laughs> he said he was his, he was like, you're like a son to me. And he rescued Tom Sizemore, and Tom yeah. Sizemore is like eternal bond, like mm. blood bond to Robert Downey now, ever, for that role. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Tom Sizemore, second pick, uh, amazing, amazing. Yeah, no, I, I I love Tom Sizemore. I love mm-hmm. him in the roles that he's done. I feel like 
he plays the same character a lot. Like the mm-hmm. sidekick that's just like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to do it, whatever you say. Like, but I can relate to that. I don't know. There's something about me as being the sergeant and being like, I don't fight. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Like, I don't know. There's something about it. I relate to him in all of his roles. And I want to, I want to be with Chirito, dude. I want to see, I want to have a beer with him too. And <laughs> how about you? Will? Mine was, Who would mine you was Chris. It with? was Kilmer. I mean, I've woken up. Oh yeah. Okay. I've, yeah. I've woken up on my friend's kitchen floor a couple times. So I related to him in that sense. You know, when he wakes up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you comment on how, why don't you have any furniture? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, why don't you have this ocean view like dinner, like Macaulay? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I've woken up on the kitchen floor where, you know, someone's just pouring coffee and being like, hey, you want breakfast? You all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I uh, I resonated with uh, with that scene with Chris. Uh, uh, kill- Not enough steaks in the freezer, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Kelmer. <laughs> you got cleared out by the Super Bowl, guys. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Like, okay. So 1995 Super Bowl. Was what was that? Was that pa- the Patriots Packers? I think ninety five. No, it was. I think so. Okay, so ni- this movie came out in December nineteen ninety five. So it's so a Super Bowl that happens in nineteen ninety six Super Bowl. Right? I'm actually really intrigued. What the fuck did he lose all his money on? Cowboys defeated the Steelers. Was Super Bowl 30, 1996. No, couldn't have been ninety six. Oh no, 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 it was it was ninety five. It was ninety five. Packers Patriots, I think, right? Packers Patriots. No, that's ninety seven. That no, that's the wrong one. No, Chargers 49ers. Chargers 49ers. Okay, so like, did he, was he all in on the Chargers? Because like, okay, Chris Scheherlis was from LA, which means he was probably rooting for San Diego. I would think. Yeah, he would have picked San Diego over Chargers. So was he all in on the Chargers? Like, what does that mean for his character? Dumbass bet. Was he? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because like there's a couple lines in the movie about him yep. having to pay off book. Pay off book. Okay, so that that was my one uh, lost baggage in the movie. What the fuck happened to Chris? Oh my god! What the fuck happened? That's to Chris? his Mickey. That's yeah, his Mickey Rourke role. We're gonna have a heat sequel. Yeah, just who knows? Chris dude. spinoff. Did you guys? <laughs> Chris spinoff, man. I need it, dude. What the fuck happened yeah. to Chris? He was Did in you guys Camaro, hear? He drove off. There was. There was a sequel for uh, uh, like uh, uh, a pitch that was going to be uh, Val Kilmer's character and Natalie Portman's character, and then Dominic, which was Val Kilmer's son. son. Oh, and that God. was going to be like Heat Two. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you believe that? No, I can't <laughs> believe it, dude. That's... Too hot to handle would have been the name of it. Like the... too hot to handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too hot, too, too hot to handle. Too hot to handle. Uh, uh, all right. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, a couple more things to talk about. Overall, like your takeaway for like the theme or lesson of the movie. What do you think this movie is trying to push upon us? And what's the life lesson we want to take away from this? Uh, Sean, what do you think? Okay, so this is a hard one. Um, 
life lessons for the movie probably don't take down scores right don't let your job don't let your job define you um Mm -hmm. follow your heart i guess because i feel like chris val kimber's character is um the only one of the crew to survive yep because he chose his heart instead of some bullshit creed dude that is uh i didn't even think about that but that's true this right yeah, the sun. Okay, the sun rises. Right. And sets. Yes, exactly. So yeah. he 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 doesn't follow some out uh, Robert De Niro bullshit creed about the heat around the corner. He, uh, you know, I mean, he. Well, yeah, you do. You think about it. He's the, he's the middle ground between De Niro mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Pacino, right? Like, well, Pacino. no, no, De Niro and Pacino are the same person in my in my. Chris Shaharlis is he is his own thing yeah. in, in in this movie. I feel like he is a portrait of uh, a broken man and um, for better or for worse, I know you guys said you didn't like Edie. Um, <laughs> no, I just did. I think Will likes Edie. Okay, so you <laughs> said you didn't like Edie and by the way, you're 100% Wrong. Hey, um, by, by the way, uh, Sean, that's par for the course on this podcast that Wayne is. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so he, he is the portrait, in my opinion, of broken men and the patience of the women who love them. I, I feel like, um, hmm. I, I feel like, okay, so with Chris's character, hmm. like, you know, Ashley Judd, like, yeah. she loves him. She yeah. doesn't give him up. That part where she waves him off, holy yep. shit. Like, I just no, watched that part yeah. recently, and I was, that part fucking killed me. Like, he is the only one of the crew to survive, but he also, he, he's the only one who gets his heart ripped out. Yeah. Yep. Like, that score, that Elliot Goldenthal score part where she does that little hand signal, yeah. and he drives off. And he, he's doing that weird, like, screw face. And he drives off, and he asks the guy, like, any good place to rent around here? But, like, you, your heart is like, oh, my God! Like, I, I feel like he is what happens when you put, you know, broken men and, and women who love them in, in the collision course. Right. Like, this is what happens. Like, De Niro and Hannah, um, the, those stories end up the same. Yep. Chris Val Kimmer's character, he actually loves his woman and he would do anything for Won't her. Won't leave without her. His Won't story leave without her. Yep. His story her. ends up one like uh, you know, 360, I'm sorry, 180 degrees opposite of the Nira character because mm-hmm. he survives, she survives. Maybe they meet up on the other side. We don't know. But the point is he's the only one of the crew that survives. And I think that is not without reason. Yeah. I agree. Completely agree. Completely agree. Completely agree. Wayne, Completely agree. what's your takeaway? Um, I think that uh, I love the fact that you brought up Chris, Sean. I think that's a great contrast to what I'm gonna, about to talk about, which is I think morality is something that's constantly – this is a constant – 
theme topic throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because not only has Al Pacino's character, Hannah, dropped mortality, he's dropped everything else, his third marriage. You know, he's still trying, but he's failing at marriage. Like, right? He's failing at marriage. He's failing at being a father. This is the only thing he wants. On the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, McCully, like, he's dropped everything. He has no mortality. He will leave somebody in an instant, in a heartbeat. Like, losing that is just existing. And the only other person in your life that is there at the very fucking end is just the person that is your equal. Like, that's it. There is no love story. There's no fucking, like, compassion. It's just, I just respect you for the person that you are. I defeated you. We're done. And that's it. And that's your life, man. And it's over. And I feel like mortality and losing your mortality and losing that thing that that grounds you to being a human that's the thing that we t- constantly see throughout this movie is where, where do you stop? Yeah. Because honestly, Macaulay almost had it. He almost had it. You talked about it, man. If he had just not fucking gone to get oh Wayne grow. Yeah. Yeah. If he had just said, I'm done. That's it. Because mm-hmm. even. <coughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Too much JD. <laughs> yeah. Um, so even even uh, uh, John Voight's character says, you probably don't want to hear this. You're probably not going to do anything about it, but here's the information. He had mm-hmm. a moment in time where he could make a decision. That was mm-hmm. his apex decision where he could say, no, yeah. I'm not going to fucking take this information and I'm going to be a a human. I'm going to have humanity. I'm going to have mortality. I'm going to take my girl. We're going to be gone. We'll never hear this shit again. I'm going to take my millions and be done. Yep. And then on the other end, he had his fucking code, which has nothing to do with mortality. Yep. Right? Yes. You said, okay. So like, yes, Wayne, 100%. When you watch that scene again, because I was, I was watching that scene really carefully and he's on the highway and you can just see it in his eyes. You can he's see like, it in his eyes. He's yeah. driving and he's he's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. He, mm-hmm. And he, he, just, he goes for it. And he goes against everything he stood for. Mm-hmm. I think if he, if he adhered to his creed, uh, Neil lives. I think yeah. Neil lives if he adhered to his creed. If he adhered to his creed, he would have gone off scot free. Yeah. And uh, the fact that he went against his own beliefs is the downfall of his character, is the end of the movie, is, you know, you need that to happen because like, you fucking hate Wayne so much. Yeah. This motherfucker has to go. He has to be ventilated. Like, yep. everything about it is it's like an inevitable conclusion. Which is the mark of an incredible movie. Yeah. Like it couldn't have ended up any other way. Yeah. And that fact, 100%, A plus Wayne, movie, right? Wayne Gross said it when he went into Van Zandt's office. He said, Oh, 
he hasn't forgotten about you, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He's just busy. Yep. He will finish this. And that's and that's how it ended. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Will, what about you? Mine buddy? are very similar. My big takeaway is of from this movie is the stubbornness of man overall. And oh, how okay. we just can't give mm-hmm. up on something. The Wayne Grove, yep. like the scene you just said, like, hey, he could have gone away, but he's like, nope, fuck it. I gotta go kill Wayne Grove. Yeah. The stubbornness yeah. of man and by God, the angels of women that put up with our bullshit constantly was a big takeaway for me. Um, just get your mind so set on something, get so pigeonholed on something. Again, the coffee scene. This is all I know how to do. Like, don't pigeonhole yourself on anything in life because this is like, hey, this is all I know how to do. So guess what? That shapes your personality and it shapes your actions and right. it shapes everything in your life and how you're going to act with yourself and people when you just all yeah. you know is one thing. And sometimes that's avoidable. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's how you're raised. And the way that De Niro and Pacino's characters, like their whole mm-hmm. arc was like, like I said, I know nothing else. This is what I'm doing. This is what I need to do. And there's some stubbornness in there, but there's also some of just real life. Hey, this is how I was taught. This is how I was raised. This is what I need to do. And uh, it's it. there's a lot of real life comps there. It's a lot of people, you know, in real life, they're just like, hey, this is what I need to do. This is all I can do. And that's kind of heartbreaking when you think about it, right? Like, it is. It's oh, like, hey, I, yeah. I this is all I know how to do. Oh, really? All you know how to do is is rob banks or all I know how to do is track down criminals like human mm-hmm. beings should be so much more than that. But unfortunately, sometimes they aren't uh, because of internal factors, external factors, what have you. But um, that's my big takeaway. And again, just. Uh, it would be remiss without saying portrayed beautifully by De Niro and Pacino, like uh, portrayed beautifully. Uh, like I said, not the greatest script in the world, but my God, just two leads in a movie. Uh, I mean, we talked about how silence in this movie can mean so much, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I gave a Amy Brenneman a little bit of shit at the beginning of this movie. But I will say when she walked out of that Camaro and she turned around and looked and realized that the man that she was supposed that she spent the entire time in that car scared. And the one point when she realized she wasn't scared anymore was when De Niro walked back out and she's like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. and the he heart fucking, great example. And great he example. Fucking walked away. Great example of the stubbornness of man because she stepped out of her comfort zone and said, "Hey, I'm this pretty, you know, by the book person. I work in a bookstore. Yeah. I'm a graphic designer. I just fell in love with this criminal. I'm about to fucking run away and go off to New Zealand mm-hmm. with this criminal. And I stepped out of my comfort zone and did everything I possibly could to be with this person. And well, okay, yeah. well, I, I think like she's not by the book. Well, not like, in that sense. Okay, by the book would be like, fuck this guy. But she... she well, that's what I'm saying. She persisted with... That's what I'm saying. She stepped out of her... That's what I'm saying. She stepped out of her comfort yeah, zone. Yeah, And yeah, was like, hey, yeah. I, I, I'm going to take a big leap. Which, again, 100%. going back to the stubbornness of man, he's not going to take... De Niro's not taking this big leap to say, hey, I'm out of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this anymore. Right. I want to be with right. you. He's not doing that. She is. 
And mm-hmm. that's where I go back to what stubborn fucking pricks we are as men. <laughs> Huge. As men. Huge, Huge pricks. pricks. Gigantic pricks. And mm-hmm. and she she took a leap and she's the one who ended up getting heartbroken for it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I agree. Like her yeah. her look, the look on her face when she steps out of that car is is great. It's it rips your heart yep. out. It rips your fucking it heart It does, out. dude. Yep. Man, it does. It's just like the entire world falls on her shoulders at that point in time. She realizes what the fuck she just what did. What did I do? What did mm-hmm. I do? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that it's a lot of parts in that where she's like, how much time do we have when she asks him? Like, And he's like, mm-hmm. there's the door. If you want to go, go. And she still just can't do it because she loves this man so much. Mm-hmm. So in a way, mm-hmm. I guess that's some stubbornness too. But she's... Again, being someone different than she was before to be with this person. And he yeah. he's like, hey, my way or the highway, let's just get up and go. And it's in, insanity. He never drops his creed, man. Yep. Well, OK, he does. He drops his he creed. Do- well, he does. He does. He, do- he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does, does. But then he does the the final scene is like, hey, I, I got a pinnacle, the pinnacle moment, moment when he I could drop it. his creed. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he lives by it at the end of the day. You know, he battles with it. He thinks he's there. But when opportunity presents itself, it's like, nope, mm-hmm. I'm running. And but he mm-hmm. also doesn't have much of a choice, too. So it, it's complicated, but let's wrap it up. The legacy of heat, how you think this movie <laughs> will be remembered. How you remember it the influence it has on movies that have been made after it and movies that will be made in the future. What's the legacy of heat? Sean, Sean, <laughs> do you want so, to remember this? <laughs> I mean, this. Fuck so, me. okay. Um, the legacy that this movie left in its wake, when I'm going to say wake is, um, massive. Um, the amount of copycat films that we're trying to do heat is stupid. So, okay. Uh, Den of Thieves is a 100% heat ripoff. Count. 100% heat ripoff. There are so many copycat films. Off of this one movie, it's astounding. I feel like there are only like maybe one or two movies that have this many copycat films. I feel like Matrix is one of them. Yep. Heat is one of them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't know what the third is. Um, this movie has so many. So rips. many. Yeah, okay. Dark Knight. Yeah, all right, but ripoffs versus uh, how like, about ripoffs versus influence though? Because ripoffs is an easy Okay, but yeah. But influence, this movie was hyper modern. Like this movie was, came out in nineteen ninety five. Hyper hyper modern. This movie Absolutely. came out in nineteen ninety five, and it feels like it came out in two thousand five. Like yeah. it's incredible. This movie had. This movie is the best heist movie. Like I said at the beginning, this movie is the best heist movie. This movie is the best L.A. movie. This movie is the best neo noir movie. This is so many best of movies. Mm. It's fucking incredible. Like, this movie ticks so many boxes. 
It's almost unreal. Um, the ending, uh, I don't know if I, if I really articulated how much I love the ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. Sort of halfway through. But the ending of this movie is a masterpiece. Um, the ending of this movie like just seals everything. You know, the Moby God moves over the water soundtrack, the setting, the framing, mm-hmm. like everything about it, the handshake, like when I watched it this last time, I was like, wow, dude, am I gonna fucking cry? <laughs> Because yeah, I felt movie, the same way, dude. This movie like, kind of oh fucked me up God. on this last watch because, like, I was watching it for the second time yeah. in the week because I watched it once for fun and I watched it once to take notes. And I was like, holy shit, like, the ending of this movie, like, I don't know if there's going to be another ending of this movie. The legacy of this movie is that this is the best heat or the best heist movie of all time. There's not going to be another heist movie. The town and Den of Thieves is like the most blatant ripoff ever. And they're just so derivative. Um, so you don't like the town. You're saying like ripoffs as a negative. No, no. I love okay. the town. I think it's a so great I, think, I, I, I hear the word ripoff and I think of like a negative connotation. No, no, no. Sorry. I, I, I don't mean like a negative. Maybe. I just be like, okay, yeah. so like Heat came out in 1995. It's so ahead of its time. Yeah, I feel like the town yeah, came out in 2010, yeah. 15 years later, and it's like, oh, let's just do heat again. Um, uh, the town is great. Uh, it's great. It's the best Boston movie uh, but I, ever I, made. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I think the town is great. The rip off, but they, they definitely took so They pulled pressure. so hard from it. Yeah. And I think they're... Yeah, I'm done. It's just like the heat, heat has such a legacy... Dark Knight, Town, so many other heist movies, Den of Thieves, like it's incredible. The legacy of Heat will never be understated. Agree. Wayne? I mean, the ripples from this movie, Christopher Nolan naturally took from this movie. Um, this is Tom Hiddleston's uh, favorite movie. By the way, oh wow! Uh, so yeah, anybody that's loved Loki, um, this is his favorite movie. Um, <laughs> it literally cemented Pacino as the colossal actors they are today. This is this movie. It wasn't because of Godfather Two. It was because of this movie that that put them in this magnetic force that they are today. Where I don't think we would have the Irishman without this movie i it's the point wish we could have done it's without the, the irishman personally but <laughs> could have done without that i'm one. saying i'm saying i'm gonna sort conflict, of disagree with you when i'm saying because of this movie pacino and de niro as two opposing forces that go together in a movie this is the reason that that happened that that you can put those two fucking uh, colossal actors and their entire egos together. This is because of this movie. Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> I mean, you're right. No, no, you're right. One hundred percent. I'm right. You know what? Grand Theft Auto Five. You're right. Grand Theft Auto Five. You're right. Because of yeah. the, it happened because of this movie. One hundred percent. No disagreement. All right. No disagreement. I don't dude. know what 
That means in Grand Theft Auto Five. That means because I only have yeah. a Switch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, nerds. Uh, listen up, nerds. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, I think the legacy of this movie does not. It, it's not creating that dynamic duo of De Niro Pacino, even though it's the first time they've acted together, like I said before, Mm -hmm. but it's cementing Mm -hmm. them as probably the best duo or the most well-known actor duo in movie history. De Niro and Pacino. Titans. Titans Titans is a great, great, great fucking word. Um, Yes, exactly. I said colossal, but I'll take Titans. Titans is great. No, I agree with 100% what you both Titans is great. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that uh, I can say more about this is like the influence of of modern day movies. We talked about The Dark Knight. We talked about The Town. We talked about Out of Sight uh, with with, uh, Lopez and Clooney. The one modern day one that I really like and I think is a very underrated movie, even though creepy Kevin Spacey's in it, is Baby Driver, if you guys haven't seen that. It's got some serious heat influence and very, very fun to watch. Uh, Stop quoting Monsters. It pisses me off. Uh, Everything Baby says in that movie is very good. Something from another movie. I think uh, that's the point. I think when when I think of a crime movie, I guess, is what I would think of. And I think of heat. And exactly. it's everlasting. This is one of those movies, and we've had this conversation, uh, Wayne, a couple of times. When you watch a movie and you're like, oh, I haven't seen a movie like this before. And right. he, I think, mm-hmm. is it. And it's so crazy to say because there's a lot of crime movies out. There's a lot of bank robber movies out. And we you just can say that now, but you couldn't say that again. Yeah, again, we there's a lot of influence, like, you know, Dark Knight, yeah. Town, Baby Driver, whatever. I watch this movie and I feel differently than I do after I watch a lot of movies. And I think Mm -hmm. this movie will stand the test of time. Uh, Going back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast, movie's timeless. It's almost three hours long if you watch the the right cut. And Mm. (laughs) which is insane because you watch it, it again. It's nonstop. It's brilliant. I would say... And like I said, it's probably one of my top 10 favorite movies ever. I, if you said this is the best directed movie of all time, I would not disagree. That's I would not. Uh, disagree that's with fine you with me. That. If you said this is one of the best directed movies of all time. And mm-hmm. uh, the, like I said, the script leaves something to write home about. But like, it doesn't matter. It, it's mm. it, a movie should enthrall you. It should make you feel a certain way. And it should make you feel something. And this movie does that. And uh, I can't say enough good things about it. And I'm glad the three of us got to just gush for, you know, an hour and a half, gush. two hours here about how. So, okay, Will, like you said, this is the probably one of your favorite best directed movies of all yep. time, right? Like how out of touch were the 1993 with that? Like, how does this not get nominated? I know we already yeah. discussed it, but like. How? That's that's an all time <laughs> it's an all time mystery because like I said usually I actually do think the Oscars 
do get nominations right, right? Away. at least at least at nominations least touch base at least touch base t- yeah ex- yeah i don't exactly. know maybe uh, it, maybe it was the time I, like what other like kind of like la confidential was even like a couple years later right la confidentials yeah la confidential was not in the conversation that's a couple years later like maybe they just that was a couple of years well, later casino, and i i will go to bat with la confidential forever, no it's a good movie uh, so, like i'm just trying yeah, to think yeah, of like totally. similar movies like and did they hit at the same time like maybe people no. maybe people no. were like hey i'm over goodfellas and casino and like these kind of crime gangster <laughs> movies and maybe this one just was like yeah. The one in its time that was maybe it's a timing thing. That's the only thing. I don't know. I feel like this movie was so ahead of its time. Like if this movie was a, a ten episode Netflix or a ten episode HBO show, and you were like Michael Mann's involved, like you would be one hundred percent all yeah. in. You would be all in. You're like, when's the first day it's showing? Because I'm watching. This is totally like, a movie. This movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can totally see. This being remade, this is a totally remake movie. They'll remake it at some point. Oh my god! Yeah, they'll remake it. And I actually don't even hate that. Usually, some people are like, "Oh, don't touch this." I actually don't hate it. Like if they, (laughs) if they do it the right way and they do it, I I actually think like a Mm ten-part HBO series would be a good idea. Like, who is De Niro? Who's Pacino? Who's Gilmore? Today, that's a good question. That's a hard one, right? Well, just here's here's the struggle with that question is because I, I think the argument now present day mm. is that all the great actors are too pretty. Which like who plays De Niro Pacino in these older roles now? I don't right, think right. we have an equal. Honestly, like this is like hands down. I don't. Think you know who I can see as, say as Pacino equal De Niro equal. You know I who mean. I can see going because crazy like. But you realize at that point in time in 1995, Pacino and De Niro were huge, huge colossus. Yeah. To go together in a movie. Yeah. Who can yeah. you say at this point in time is like. Yeah. I don't know. Like Leonardo DiCaprio maybe. I could see. Actually, Christian Bale. I could see uh, Bale as Pacino. You know I could also see as Pacino's character is Jake Gyllenhaal. He can go fucking. What? Oh he shit. He can go nuts. Yeah. Gyllenhaal can yeah. go fucking nuts. I could see that. Okay. okay and then okay. Gyllenhaal I, would have so to Gyllenhaal, be Gyllenhaal is Pacino. And then Neil. Maybe Leo yeah. is him. But. Leo's as De Niro's character. Okay, okay. I could see that. Okay. Kilmer's got to be like uh, Hemsworth. So, Hemsworth. Okay. Who is Kilmer nowadays? So, like, Kilmer back then, he had a ponytail. Like, who is he in 2021? <laughs> like, it, I don't if, know. If Hemsworth, if like Hemsworth was less jacked, I could see Hemsworth doing it. But maybe he's a little... He can lose my Yeah, maybe he's a little yeah, too there. But I think Hemsworth is a great Because you got to think, this is like back in the day, like pre-Facebook, Instagram. This is like just a couple of dudes. Oh, just trying you know to who would be really money. good as De Niro is Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon oh, could okay. be Ooh. the, the yes. criminal. That is See, a, I was thinking yes. for like a, a Kilmer character would be like an Oscar Island. Like oh, I like, like that. I like that. Ooh, you know, like somebody like kind of like a little bit left field, but somebody like you've got to have somebody incredibly handsome, incredibly charismatic. charismatic. Like yeah. they got to carry that role because in my opinion, 
Chris, heart of the movie. Yeah. I mean, I thought of Hemsworth. Chris is the heart of the movie. I thought of Hemsworth right away because I thought of like, hey, someone who's like broken. And then I thought of like Thor and Endgame and like, hey. Yeah. Hemsworth would be great. Yeah. I think Hemsworth. That's my casting. I'm going Gyllenhaal as Pacino, Michael Shannon as De Niro, and Hemsworth as Kilmer. Dude, I'm a 100% six to midnight boner <laughs> on that casting. Like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. That's a good casting, Will. You should definitely put that out there. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. Not, not bad, dude. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm going uh, Charlize as Ashley Judd. Uh, and <laughs> I don't know. That's it. But uh, <laughs> we've gushed. Who's Edie? Who Edie, present day. Is that like Maggie Gyllenhaal? Like, who no, is that? It's, an, it's uh, well, she's got to be younger. Dollar. You know, who would be good in that is like an innocent, like Shailene Woodley would be a good Edie. Oh. Yeah, like good. a younger, Ooh, innocent. Because, dude, uh, Edie, the actress who plays Edie is 20 years younger than De Niro. So yeah. they have to be significant. There's got to be a big they difference. Got, no, yeah. it's got to be a big difference. Yeah. 100%. I like Shailene yep. Woodley. That would be good. That would be a good one, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for that. I'm in. If, if that's on a streaming service, I'm signing up for yeah. it. If I don't have it already. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll take it. Well, I think that's it. We gushed enough about this this film for I once. We yeah. gushed quite a bit. Yeah. Sean, yeah. thank you for coming on. Thank you for the beautiful music that we hear on every episode. We appreciate you, my friend. Hey, thank you, guys. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Wayne, any parting words? Um, I just want y'all to remember that, you know, if you ever get attached to anything don't <laughs> let it shut the fuck up shut up I know what don't be willing up. to walk out on it 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner you feel, oh my god feel the heat around the corner on that note I, I love y'all we'll take off we'll see you guys cheers cheers <laughs> <laughs>